In today's episode, we are looking at your logo design. Whenever somebody thinks about branding, that's usually the first thing they think about is a logo. In fact, that might be the only thing that you think about, but branding is so much more. If you listen to this podcast, you know that branding is a lot more. We talk about that a lot. But the logo is a very important piece. It's the tip of the iceberg. It's what people see the most. And here's the problem. People judge a book by its cover. They are judging you, your church, based on what they see. Uh, Your logo is the first thing that most people see. It's the first contact of your church's brand, or it's the most frequent contact of your church's brand. So it needs to be, it needs to be done right because people are judging you based on what they see. The, The problem for many churches is that their logo isn't communicating that they are relevant for their their community. Um, It's an outdated logo. It's something that's maybe a very insider-designed logo. That's a mistake that a lot of churches make is they design something that they like or the church leader likes. And that's, that's not what an effective logo is. An effective logo is designed towards the audience that you are trying to reach. So in this episode today, I'm going to unpack what it takes to create a great logo design that actually moves the needle for your church and helps you to reach new people. And for the people that are part of the church, it's something that really symbolizes who we are as a church. It's something that people rally around. They're excited about it. A great logo has a potential to do that. We all know that. Like If you think about examples of logos of brands that we encounter uh, every day, we know like hey it makes an impact if if i um if i mentioned target like target stores you probably know the simple logo that is part of target stores if you're if you've ever experienced driving down the road the highway with a uh, child in the car you understand that off in the distance they can see the golden arches and they know what that is that is such an iconic logo that is recognized and all you have to do is is see that off in the distance and all of a sudden your stomach gets a a little bit uh, hungry for some golden french fries so a logo really matters it makes an impact for for you adults that are out there maybe you drive down the road and you see that starbucks mermaid that green mermaid on the side of a building or on a sign uh, up high above the road and all of a sudden you're like, hmm, coffee sounds really good. Um, it triggers things. A good logo triggers things. A good logo is recognizable. That means it's, it's really simple and it, it helps you to, uh, uh, to trigger things with people. It's relatable to your audience. So again, a good logo is very important for a church to have. It's worth the investment because it really is building your brand and ultimately getting new people to come and be a part of the church and want to contribute as as part of the church. It also needs to be good on various forms of media. So as you as you are looking at your current logo design, maybe uh, uh, you're seeing that it, it doesn't really work well on video. It doesn't really work well on the website. It doesn't really work well maybe in print. A good logo is going to need to work well on all different types of media. So if you're part of your communications team at the church, maybe you're the communications director and you're on staff at the church, maybe you're just volunteering because you're good with social media and they, they kind of ask you, hey, can you help us out? Or maybe you're the pastor that's doing everything. You wear all the hats. Um, you need to look at your logo and evaluate. Is this logo representing us well? 
Is it relevant to the people that we are trying to reach in our community? Is it designed so we can use it on all different types of media and it's easy to, to, to use on all different types of media? Sometimes I see logo and it has a really tiny, tiny little elements. So when you shrink it down, you try to make it a very small, um, maybe a little icon that goes on your social media channel. It doesn't work. Like you can't see it. It doesn't work very well. The, the Nike swoosh works really well. It's super recognizable be, because of how simplistic it is. We need to strive for that. And we need to strive towards that. Uh, I talked about Starbucks earlier. Even they simplified their logo. When they first started, that logo was a, a picture of a mermaid. And it's, if you ever look it up, it's, it's very much more complicated than it is right now. Over the years, they've simplified and simplified and simplified and simplified uh, to the cur current version that it is right now. The more simple a logo is, the more, the more sticky it becomes. So when you have a great logo in place, you will gain recognition in the community and people will know that you exist. Uh, many times I've talked with church leaders and I asked them, hey, why, why are you looking into branding? Why, why are you thinking about this rebranding process? Because uh, they're calling me on the phone. They're asking about, hey, what does it take? What is the process uh, for rebranding the church? And I, again, I just ask them, hey, why, why do you want to do this? And the reason is because they don't want to be the best kept secret in town. They want people to know that they exist and they want to invite new people to come to the church. That's the overwhelming reason why most churches are in a rebrand is to reach more people that aren't currently part of the church. So we need that logo to be a great symbol of the church. So it's recognizable in the community and it really communicates who we are in a way that is relevant to our audience. So here are some tips. I'm going to share with you eight tips um, to help your logo to be amazing. Uh, thanks again for joining me on the podcast today. Uh, I am so thrilled that you are looking to improve in this area to create a brand that, that, that is expanding and reaching more people in your city. So number one, tip number one, uh, know your logo types. So there are four common types of logos. Uh, number one is a word mark. So that, that's where the letters really make the, the logo. So if you think about Google, Google, the words, the letters, Google, that spell out the word Google, is, is the logo. So that's a word mark. A letter mark is where you have the letters, the initials of the, uh, the organization that make up the actual logo. So if you think about General Electric or GE, the G and the E and the, the little icon that they created out of that is a letter mark. So that's a good way to do it as well. Um, a symbol, uh, just a quick, quick story, uh, a letter mark for churches. Um, we we rebranded the church called Evangelistic Center. Um, so it's been known for years as Evangelistic Center in the community for decades. But they wanted to step into a different brand, uh, something that's a little bit more youthful. So we rebranded into EC, EC um, Church. And we still use um, Evangelistic Center as part of the, uh, like when we spell things out. But EC is kind of the main thing. So again, for a church, it might be a good way for you to freshen up a brand that's been around for a long time. Or maybe a brand that has some very religious wording in it. Um, you could use that letter mark to make it more relatable. So that's a, that's a strategy that um, you can look into. Um, a symbol. A symbol is just a, basically an icon that represents your brand. So an icon. Uh, sports teams use this a lot. So you might have the, the little logo of the, uh, 
the sports team that that just represents the team when you see it you know oh that's the uh that's the vikings you know something along those lines or that's the the bears or um whatever team you know the, the star for dallas the dallas cowboys if you're a football fan like that becomes iconic for that particular organization symbols are usually hard for churches to use um, because they, it's so uh, abstract, you really need to put a lot of effort and money behind promoting the brand before a symbol really represents who you, you know, your, your church where people recognize it. Uh, large, very large churches, large ministries can pull that off, um, but typically it's not a great move for most churches. I would not recommend this one. Um, the combination mark is where you have a symbol and a word that come together to make the, the logo. This is, this is the one that I recommend for most churches. So you have a symbol and you have the words. And then together, they rep, they, it's the logo of the church. But you can also use that symbol by itself. So for merchandise or just for some uh, strategic purposes, you can use that symbol on its own. And it's, it's great. And then for marketing purposes, where you're trying to get the word or your name out there, you can use it together with the name of the church. So it, it represents um, the church really well and people know exactly what it is. So again, combination mark is what I recommend for more churches. That's where there's a like a symbol or an icon and the word that goes with it. And they're, they're side by side together. Uh, it could be stacked where the, the symbol is on top and then the words are down below. Something along those lines. That's what I recommend for churches most of the time most of the time that's a, that's a great way to go so if you're thinking about your your logo uh, for your church if you think about redoing it if you know your logo types it's going to help you kind of figure out okay do we have something that's working right now so you evaluate what you have and then also where could we go what's the potential of what we can do with our brand based on what where we want to go and the people we're trying to reach all right, that was tip number one, a little bit longer, but tip number two, these ones will be much more quick. So here, here, here are the other tips. Uh, design as a vector. So the logo design needs to be a vector, not a pixel-based design, but a vector. That's that usually means it's designed in Adobe Illustrator. A vector basically is it's, it's mathematical equations that create the, the graphic. So it can scale up or down and it's, there's no pixelization. It doesn't get blurry if you blow it up too big. It just it just works at any size. So make sure your logo design is designed as a vector. Um, that reminds me, the, the next tip is to make sure you have the different file types that you need. So when you have your logo design, make sure you get the files as a JPEG, a PNG, and an EPS. The EPS is the vector version of your logo. EPS or Illustrator, Illustrator is a .ai file, but um, EPS is also a vector, so either either of those directions is going to give you what you need with that vector that we're talking about. The JPEG is great for most, um, you know, kind of kind of throw it on things pretty quick uh, on all different types of media. And then the PNG allows for that transparent background. So you want to make sure you have a transparent background version of your logo so you can put it on top of some things uh, as you need to do that. Uh, tip number uh, four, it must be simple. The logo design must be simple so that it's sticky. Try to avoid drop shadows or gradients on your logo. Just make it straightforward, kind of punchy, very contrasty. Those are typically the designs that are going to be the best and most effective design to be remembered because that's the goal. We want your logo to stick in the minds of people, so make it simple. Um, you need a brand document. So tip number five, a brand document. 
So once you have your logo design, make sure there's a document that comes with it that defines your colors, your fonts, and any graphic treatments that need to be part of the brand. Uh, I don't, also, some of these documents might include what not to do, so make sure you uh, understand some of the rules with your logo, and then what are the approved versions of your logo. You don't want to mess with that logo. You want to protect it. The branding document allows you to be very consistent over a long period of time to use the, the logo and also the brand elements like the colors and the, the proper fonts. Um, you should only have two, three, four fonts for the brand, like maybe, maybe four. Like most brands, I, I give them two or three uh, fonts that are going to be brand fonts. And then that's it. Like that, that creates that recognition over a long period of time. All right, tip number six, store your logo files online in a some sort of cloud uh, that so you can access it from anywhere. Uh, and then also people within the organization, you can give them a link and they can access access the logo files from anywhere. Uh, I like using Dropbox. That's what I use quite a bit for what I do. Uh, Dropbox, it allows you to share a link and then it goes directly to the file or a folder that has a bunch of files in it. Same thing with Google Drive. That's one that most people are aware of. A lot of churches use Google Drive. They give nonprofits a big uh, deal on, on, on Drive and, and everything Google. So Google Drive is another option where you can just send a link and then people can get access to the files from a link. But make sure you store that online so that you can get access. Tip number seven, only use approved versions of the logo. So don't alter the logo. Don't change the logo. Don't mess with it. Don't squish it. Don't stretch it. Um, don't change the colors on it. It needs to be protected. The logo, need, the logo needs to be used the same way every single time. If there's some variations of it, okay, that's great. Write down the variations. Have them in um, your logo files so that only those versions can be used. You can have variations. Just try to keep it down to a minimum, maybe three variations, something like that. Um, and then only use those variations. That, that, those are the only variations that are allowed. Uh, ultimately, the goal is to create that recognition, and if you're changing it too much, it, it, you lose it. You lose the recognition, so we need to make sure that we keep it really tight. And then tip number eight, uh, don't use the font that is in the logo. So if you design a logo and it's using Helvetica as the font uh, for, for the name of the, maybe the church is in there, the name of the church, and you're using Helvetica, then I would recommend that you avoid using Helvetica as you create uh, promotions or brochures or the website, avoid that font. Uh, choose a different font that looks good, but isn't Helvetica. The, the reason is that you're protecting that logo so that it, lo it looks unique among your, your different content. A lot of times churches will design a logo, they'll see it's Helvetica and they'll use Helvetica for everything. Um, so that's not great because you're muddying the waters. Like everything kind of looks the same, but we want to, you want your logo to stand out to where it's separate from everything else so that you, you get recognition. It's, it's something that you recognize uh, very quickly because it's set apart. It, it doesn't look like everything else. It's set apart. It looks unique. So avoid that, that font. Um, I'd love to help you with this. One of the big things I do with Church Brand Guide is I help to create brands for churches. I have different packages uh, that I help to create these things. Like we talk through what is right for you. So if you're in a position to rebrand your church or, or just creating a brand for your church, then I would love to have a phone conversation with you. Make sure you go to churchbrandguide.com. Schedule a time to talk with me. 
Uh, I'll let you know pricing, where that lands. Um, just, just to kind of, I, I want to help you as much as I can. So uh, just to let you know, like a brand is a big idea. It touches everything from video to website to, you know, printed materials to your signage on your property. So depending on the size of your church, like you might be setting aside twenty, thirty thousand dollars to get your branding done. Just a monument sign outside to change that might cost you ten thousand dollars to, you know, depending on what it is. So I just want to give you some ideas so that you know what you're getting into. So if you're looking to rebrand, you're not caught off guard. Um, so set aside some some uh, funds for that and uh, be ready to do it across the board to change everything. Uh, once you, you know, you might have to reprint offering envelopes or you, you might have to change the uh, the directional signage that's on the walls because it has the old logo on it or something along those lines. So be ready for that uh, if you're going to really get into a rebranding process. Again, I love to help churches do this. It fires me up. Um, so uh, if you want to uh, have ha- have a conversation and just see if there, there might be a good fit where I can work with you or even just ask some questions. I love to answer questions whether you use me or not to rebrand your church. So Calvary Pella is a church that I rebranded uh, several years ago. They're in Iowa, central Iowa, um, in, in Pella, Iowa. Uh, this is a reformed church. They called me and they're like, hey, we are needing to rebrand into something that's more relevant for our community. You know, they've been around for decades and they just wanted to make sure they updated where who they, who they were so that new families that are coming to the town are... Uh, able to relate to the church and, and they come to the church. So I worked with their leadership team. We went through a branding questionnaire. Uh, I talked through their branding strategy with them. And out of that discovery process, we figured out exactly the right colors and fonts and the logo design concept that would work best for them. We realized that most people in the small town of Pella, Iowa, are religious, they have a religious background. So we designed a mark that was modern, but also had kind of a religious element to it. So we included a like a cross in the design, but it's a unique cross. It's a unique logo that looks modern, but it still has that that kind of Christian vibe to it because the audience that is in that community, that, that's what they recognize. It's what they're drawn to. Uh, so we did something. Sometimes we, we design something that's completely non-religious, depending on the church. But in this instance, in Pella, Iowa, we designed something that was great for for them, uh, which did include a, a cross in the design. We chose uh, green uh, as their color scheme al- among some other like neutral colors. Um, so they're really big on growth. Uh, they have a lot of classes and different things that they do in the community. Uh, they serve in the community quite a bit. So we chose some fonts that were very, uh, uh, not traditional, but they, they're timeless fonts. Uh, they're modern, have a modern feel to it, but they're, they're timeless fonts. They're not too trendy. And uh, the, that green color scheme really works well to help them to stand out and to be recognized. So again, Pella, Iowa, if you're listening to this podcast and you would like to go check out that branding, uh, you could go to churchbrandguide.com and go to the podcast page on the website. On there, I have show notes from today, kind of reviewing some of what we talked about. And also I'll put on there a uh, example of Calvary Pella. So you can see the logo design that we came up with for them and some other design elements that we, we created for them just to inspire you. That's a big part of Church Brand Guide. I want to inspire you as you're thinking about your church's brand and how to communicate that really well. 
Um, and so that if you go through our, our website, there's a lot of inspiration there, uh, a lot of examples of brands that we've created. Again, I love what I get to do, and um, I want to share with you as much as I can so that uh, you too can create brands that are reaching more people, and ultimately more people get to hear the gospel, and their lives are transformed, and um, great things get to happen as a result of that. Hey, thanks again for joining me on this episode. I hope it helps you. Again, if you're a communications person at your church, then um, I hope you're thinking uh, along these lines that we're talking about. The Church Brand Guide podcast is really a way for you to think about your church from a communication standpoint. Like, how do you communicate the big ideas in a very clear and concise way to, to, uh, to where people take action? So each episode is designed to help you to do that. And I hope I'm able to help you as you're in your church leading in that area. Hey, thanks again for joining me. Please leave a review on this podcast episode. It helps more people find the podcast when you do that. You can find the podcast on Spotify and iTunes and Android, just about anywhere. And also check out the churchbrandguide.com website for more resources. Thanks for joining me. My name is Michael, and I'll see you on the next episode.